Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. What's up, losers, and welcome to Losing Money with Andrew Bascom. My name's Andrew Bascom, and for 117 episodes, we've helped you lose money on everything. It's a sports gambling podcast where we lose as many bets as possible in about 20-ish minutes. On this episode, we'll be discussing our favorite ways to lose money on the UFC fight night, some early NFL bets, yes, no, I, I know, and it's not early enough, and do we have a problem? Possibly. And number three, the NHL playoffs. And of course, a recap and record check at the end of the show. Because we are honest people. We're just innocent men. Three bets this week. Our favorite bets. Let's get on to bet number one. UFC Fight Night. Yes, there's a UFC Fight Night. I I promise you. I promise you. We will not bet on the UFC every week. Once we stop making money on the UFC. This is completely a selfish decision. It's just because we keep making money. What do you want me to do? Bite the hand that feeds me? And that hand is is a a covered glove? Is a UFC covered glove? You know what I'm saying here. Shut up. Jan Blachowicz is fighting Alexander Rachic this Saturday. It's the headliner, and it's the only fight we're going to talk about in this one because I find it to be very interesting. Jan Blachowicz is coming off a stunning upset defeat last time. However, the former champion will enter the octagon on Saturday, purchase the number one contender for the UFC light heavyweight division. Alexander Rachic has managed to maintain control of the number three spot in the light heavyweight rankings despite fighting just once over the past 21 months. Now explain to me, as I give you the odds, why Jan Blachowicz is the underdog. Jan Blachowicz is running off at a plus 145 right now, and Rochus is a minus 175. These are famous last words for betters. And we'll sit here, and we think, we are so smart. We're the smartest people in the world, and yet these stupid odds makers, they don't know anything. And that's when we get the rug pulled out under us, and then go, oh my god, wow, okay, they know what they're doing. I just don't get this. I don't get this at all. Jan Blachowicz has struggled enormously to defend the takedown against superior ground games when he lost his title to Shara. Uh, at UFC 267. He's 39 years old and he spent most of the fight, like eight total minutes on the mat, controlled by Glover. Okay, not great. Despite struggling to stay on his feet in his most recent date against Teixeira, Blahovich remains a tough man to take down. He's a BJJ black belt and he successfully defended takedowns 65% of the time over his UFC career. Blahovich's real strength can be found in his punching power. He is strong. He finished opponents with punches in three occasions during his last five fights. And that vaulted him the UFC's light heavyweight division. And that ranks seventh among 205 pounders in career in significant strikes landed. Blahovich's last three fights, let's just keep this in mind, are against Glover Teixeira, which he lost, submission. Okay, not great. We've already, we've already addressed this. He beat Israel Adesanya, which was a win against a unanimous decision. And Dominic Reyes, which was a win against TKO punches. Three very good fighters, right? One was a loss, totally fair, but three very good fighters. This is unlike his workhorse opponent, Alexander Rachic, who we entered the octagon for just the third time since suffering his lone UFC defeat at the hands of Yavalkin Ozdemir. Okay, now heads up, I love the UFC. I have no idea who that is. That's like somebody he fought in the UFC. I totally believe that. But this is the favorite we're talking about, and he lost to a guy I've never heard of in December 2019. It's not even that long ago. Rogic has enjoyed the consistent backing of oddsmakers since joining the UFC in 2017. So it, doesn't, it continues now. He's been pegged as one of the favorites in each of his seven previous UFC clashes and has averaged an impressive minus 286 odds over his past five contests. The thing is, I just don't see it. I think that the number is because Rochic is a younger version of Blahovich, entering his peak instead of going off to the farm. I'm not ready to back the younger guy, 
And if it wasn't just in my head, and it wasn't just the logic I'm fighting with here, I'm also using numbers like, as an underdog, Blahovich is 9-2 and two for a plus 13.35 units anytime he's been an underdog. Well, heads up, he's a plus 145 right now. He came down from a plus 170. If you're hearing my voice and you think this makes sense, I would jump on Jan Blahovich right now, like I am, because I'm going to be taking him at plus 145 and the under 4.5 rounds at minus 140 this Saturday. Let's see if all this luck can continue. We'll get to the record check at the end of the show, and we'll talk about how we're making money at the UFC. But that's bet number one. Let's go on to bet number two. Somehow we're betting on the NFL. Yes, somehow we're going to be betting on the NFL. I, I know. Yes, don't check your calendars. You didn't, it's not some kind of groundhog day or you slipped into a coma and it woke up and it's September. No, it is May. The NFL schedule was released on Thursday, which is exciting because we get to talk about football. But the games aren't until September, four months away. So this is too far to talk about them, right? No. NFL, the NFL rules all that's around us, and we need to be betting on it at all the time. The thing about the NFL releasing a schedule is means that the odds for week one were released. Let's lose money on them. I will say the only thing is the only reason you bet on week one now is because you believe that these numbers will change one way or another. Yes, you might have information or you know the players are going to change. Sure, that, that, that's not really, like, I don't think we're Nostradamus when it comes to this and think that, oh, yes, of course, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to have two new receivers and it's going to be up with Debo Samuel. No, 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 it's not really that. It's just more to set yourself. You know, when we have the Pantsari Prince, we have the Gambler, we have, the, we have Charlie Chalk on, to make these picks before the season for win totals, for division bets, for season-long bets, we do that because it helps center yourself on what you believe the season is going to look like. And this is a nice little check-in when you read these lines to go, Ooh, which are the ones that stand out to you? It helps you check what you think about the teams coming up this season in the NFL. And these three games really stood out to me. So let's start here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, minus two and a half on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, this is just so much fun. So much fun talking about football. Oh, that just made me excited even saying that. These are two of the largest public teams out there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, the golden boy who just signed almost a $400 million contract to announce football games, even though he has never seemed to ever done that. He's going to earn more with that contract than he ever did playing. That's just crazy. Against America's team, the most public team, the team that keeps showing up on Sunday Night Football, even though I can't believe we have to keep watching them. See, here's the thing, though. It's only two and a half. It's under a field goal. And yes, I understand Tampa Bay is on the road. Dallas is at home. But I thought, I thought we were catching on to the Dallas Cowboys. I thought we were thinking like, man, those numbers they keep giving them are way too big. But this line just says to me, no, we have not caught on and we will continue giving them too much respect. Like, I'm going to bet against the Cowboys as much as possible this upcoming year until they tell me I'm wrong. They lost Amari Cooper. And by the way, before it was cool to get a ton of draft picks and talent for your wide receivers being traded. Seriously, look at every other wide receiver getting traded and then look what they got for Amari Cooper. And you're like, really? Oh, you could have waited, I think, on that one. They lost Leo Collins. They lost Randy Gregory. They lost Cedric Wilson. They still have Mike McCarthy. So that's bad. And we, should we say they also have an overrated QB? Like, seriously, take a look at Dak, Dak Prescott's numbers. He's Kirk Cousins with better PR. I just, Dallas gets a lot of respect because they have a lot of money. A lot of people bet on the Dallas Cowboys. And mostly because they're on those Monday night, Sunday night, or Thursday night football games where they're the only game in town. So you have your friend that lives in Pittsburgh or Seattle or Saskatchewan that's sitting there going like, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. And you're like, really? You are? How? I don't know. I'm an asshole child that cheered for a winner that I've never been able to grow out of it because I'm still a child in my head. Oh, okay, cool. They're the person that's going to be betting 50 bucks on the Cowboys every time they're on Sunday Night Football. And on the other side, we have Tom Brady, 
who only comes back because he knows he'll succeed. I That sounds like a shot, and God knows, if you listen to the podcast, you know I don't like Tom Brady. But, like, I can't really fault the guy for thinking, hey, man, our division is terrible. The NFC is in complete flux. Why wouldn't I, I almost won the MVP trophy last year. Why wouldn't I come back now at this point? He's going to succeed. The division is terrible. The finances worked out with the Bucs. They got rid of a coach that maybe he didn't like. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm going to take the Bucs all day at minus two and a half. That feels like an absolute steal right now, especially being under a field goal. The second game we're looking at is also on the road. The Green Bay Packers minus one and a half against the Minnesota Vikings. So there's going to be lots said about Aaron Rodgers and, and the Green Bay Packers. And to be fair, uh, most of it will be completely fair to talk about. He really invites a lot of criticism. But the fact that they traded Devontae Adams and didn't replace him with anything will really be the biggest talking point. Did they get Aaron Rodgers enough weapons? <laughs> Is Robert Tunyon enough to throw the ball to? But really, Aaron Rodgers is getting a lot older, and they are going to have to rely on a run game, a run game with two very good running backs. In the first two rounds of the draft, the Green Bay Packers selected the best players available, which just happened to be defensive players. And the thing that we don't talk about enough is the fact that the Green Bay Packers have a really talented defense all of a sudden. They have a defense with almost no holes whatsoever. Now, that's great. And yes, it hurts not to have weapons, and it hurts not to have Devontae Adams, the best receiver in football, for sure. But instead of trying to get Aaron Rodgers a third straight MVP, maybe they're just trying to make themselves a better football team. How dare they? Oh, God. Yeah, just terrible. I know. I know. But maybe it'll help them win more games. You know, obviously, these two straight MVPs, which is unbelievable, especially at his age, haven't seemed to contribute to a lot of wins in the playoffs. And maybe they're just going to be building a team for the longer run. So that one doesn't scare me as much. Also, it's not like the, you know, the Packers were world beaters. They had great records the last two years, but their, their point differential wasn't that great. Also, do you want to take the Vikings plus a point and a half? New coach, cool. Cook's healthy, cool. Hey, Je- Justin Jefferson's fun. The gritty, everyone likes the gritty now. That's cool. But it's still the Vikings, and they have a super leaky and now way older defense. This is not going to be 1.5 on game day. So let's store some money away right now. Let's be little chipmunks in reverse winter and store this points against the number. The third game we're going to be taking is the Baltimore Ravens minus four at the New York Jets. Okay, so now this is going to be a big contribution of saying, do you like Cinderella teams right now? Also, the Baltimore Ravens. Look, another team. Another team that's stacked and has no one to throw the ball to. Wow, it's like a trend that's going on here. Now, there are lots of rumors that Debo could be going to the Ravens, but like I said, I'm not really projecting that they're going to be acquiring somebody else to think that this line will be worth it. Even though, if they did acquire another pass catcher, this team could be really good this year. Not only were they historically injured last year, they somehow got better. Is John Harbaugh a, a Hall of Fame coach? I'm just, that's my discuss among yourselves question right now. On the other side, we have the Jets, who might be some people's sleeper this year. I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy. And I get that. They had an amazing draft. They are getting a ton of players healthy, and they now have a lineup with weapons, actual weapons. But the problem is, the, the, the what, what do I say here? The gun that fires those weapons? I don't know. The person that uses those weapons is still Zach Wilson. Do you like Zach Wilson? Do you believe that Zach Wilson is going to be good? This all comes down to that. Also, if you want to be really freaked out, that, that Mormon kid who doesn't drink coffee got like Captain America ripped this offseason. It's like the negative side of Josh Allen. I always thought it was going to be that teams were going to draft inaccurate, large-armed quarterbacks from small colleges. That was going to be the Josh Allen effect. But instead, it turns out that quarterbacks just think they need to be massive. And that's the Josh Allen effect of just going like, well, he's succeeding. And he's the size of a linebacker. Maybe that I need to become the size of a linebacker. I, I, I don't know if that's actually going to work. Most quarterbacks throughout history, if you look at them, are not like shredded monsters. Same for pitchers. Actually, there might be something to this. Maybe it's going to hurt your arm. I don't know. If you like Wilson, you skip this one. If you're still not convinced 
I would jump on minus four. Minus four feels like totally fair. The New York Jets had the worst defense in football last year. The worst defense in football. A lot of people feel that they might finish second in the division in the AFC East. Ah, not for me. So I'm going to be taking the Baltimore Ravens, minus four. So we'll have lots more NFL bets throughout the summer here as we do division bets, Super Bowl bets, wins and losses, season-long bets. We're going to sprinkle them in throughout the summer. So this is not the last time we're going to talk about until September. Trust me, I couldn't help it if I tried. So those are our bets for now. But just wait, there's more coming. Let's go on to bet number three. NHL bets. Okay, so we didn't get a chance to talk about the podcast, the NHL playoffs, and the bets that we'd be losing money on. But I bet on the Lightning to win in seven games against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And as many of you know, I'm a Leafs fan, and that loss last night killed me. So I'm trying to turn that pain into money. I'm not going to be giving out any more bets for round one, because at this point, most of them are set in stone. Most of them are going to game seven. You're going to see them on Saturday. Uh, just be betting on the game total, betting on, you know, the actual point, point spread on that actual game or the money line on that actual game. And I think we'll be spreading out some more next week as we get into round two. So please check out at Losing Money WIB on Twitter, on Instagram as we do that. But instead, we should be looking at more of the futures. We did this with the NBA, and it actually proved to be pretty successful because we took Miami and Milwaukee, who are looking pretty good right now. So I'm thinking that we can do that. We can reset after round one here and think about ways that we could be losing money on the NHL bets going forward from here. Now, we won't have Saturday's Game 7's outcomes done yet. We're recording this early Friday morning. But going into those games, there's a, there's a model that Dom Lucician from The Athletic uses. He's, it's really awesome. In a sport that does not use a tremendous amount of analytics, uh, to the public at least, you know, obviously every team's got their own departments and things like that. But hockey is kind of woefully behind the other sports. You know, baseball is kind of leader for that one. But even basketball and soccer and football have done a bigger job of using advanced analytics, especially when it comes to betting. So Dom Lucician from The Athletic, I was saying, has a model that I found to be very successful. And right now, going into these games, these are the percentages of most likely to win the Stanley Cup. Right now, it's Colorado Avalanche at 40%. You wouldn't be shocked by that. They are by, by far away the best team in the league, and they should be the favorites to win. The Florida Panthers at 21%, okay, and then it goes down dramatically from there. Amazingly, the third is still the Toronto Maple Leafs at 11%. I, yeah, that's, that's my bias covering it because I can't believe it, but they're a very talented team. I don't know why I'm doubting myself. And there, from there, it goes Calgary Flames at 8%, which I found to be very high. But the Pittsburgh Penguins at 4%, St. Louis Blues at 2%, and I think that's mostly because they got to go through the Colorado Avalanche at this point. Um, and, you know, Boston Bruins at 3%, and Carolina Hurricanes at 5%. So it kind of goes down from there into really small numbers. Those numbers, to be honest, perfectly align with who they have for the Stanley Cup favorites right now, because Colorado Avalanche, to win the Stanley Cup, is plus 200, Florida Panthers plus 500, Calgary Flames plus 650, Toronto Maple Leafs plus 900, so it kind of falls in line there, actually. The only number off of those that I kind of like is the Carolina Hurricanes at plus 1,000, and they're not even a guarantee to leave the first round. So I would just say, maybe back up a little bit, wait till the second round enters here a little bit, but let's be real, you're going to have to start betting underdogs to make money here. With this many teams left, taking a Colorado Avalanche team at plus 200 just doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, you, yeah, you can do whatever you want with your money, but I, that's just, that's the odds are too low for me to be thinking that that's the way that I want to be spending my money right now. Plus, hockey is a random sport. People do not want to admit this, especially hardcore hockey fans. People do not want to go like, no, 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 my team was clearly the best. That's why we won. Yes, but there's also a reason why the, the team with the best record in the regular season very, very, very seldomly wins the Stanley Cup. And it's almost to say that the regular season doesn't really matter because the playoffs are such a different game. Now, that's great if you think your team's a very good playoff team, but let's be real about it. That means your team is an underdog and they can be made money off of because they have underdog status. So taking the Colorado Avalanche at plus 200 just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I'd be looking at the Carolina Hurricanes. I'd be looking at 
the Florida Panthers. The numbers that are just slightly a little bit off there. Because the other one, too, is if you believe the Avalanche are going to be coming out of the West, you should be looking at some Eastern teams because of that. Another way that we can be making future bets is the same way that we did with the NBA Finals MVP, is we looking at the Conn Smythe. Once again, the Avalanche are just like littered throughout these top 10 numbers. So once again, we're going to be avoiding that completely. Because it's also that you're going to be choosing among teammates. You're going to be choosing between McCarr and McKinnon. Darcy Kemper. You know, like you're, you have to make a decision there. And it's like, that's not a lot of fun. Instead, you could choose a team's best player. Like if we said Florida Panthers, Florida Panthers are really good, right? Jonathan Huberdeau almost made it, uh, the Hart Finals trophy for the MVP of the league. He's plus 1,500 right now to win the Conn Smythe. Huh? That's much better than choosing Kale McCarr at plus 400 or McKinnon at plus 350. Choosing between those two numbers doesn't make as much sense as choosing Huberdeau at plus 1,500, right? So those are the numbers we're going to be taking. We're going to be taking a little splash on Huberdeau at plus 1,500, Sebastian Ajo at plus 2,000, another one that just might be, he might not make round two, but he also is a good number for the best player on their team to be winning the Conn Smythe. The last hockey number I just do want to throw in here too, they have numbers out there. Where will Barry Trotz coach and stuff like that? By the way, I think that's going to be the Winnipeg Jets at plus 350. Okay, that's fine. But I also like Mike Babcock to be the next coach of the Islanders at plus 1,500. Now, Lane Lambert is minus 150, and yes, that's a smart choice, but minus numbers for anything that could happen? I don't know. Mike Mavcock feels like a really great screw you, and maybe that's just because the Toronto Maple Leafs inside of me, where now we have Lamarillo and Babcock in the East. Plus 1,500 being the seventh highest number? I don't know. It felt pretty good to me. I think I would be taking a little sprinkle on that one as well. So those are the numbers we're looking at for the NHL playoffs. Obviously, at Losing Money WAB on Twitter, on Instagram. That's where you see our free daily picks. That's where most of our bets are going to be coming from. But I'm excited for round two. I'm excited for next week so we can talk a little bit more about it. Let's get on to the recap. Recap. Okay, here's the recap. Here are all the bets that we made on this show. And amazingly, 20 minutes, we are going to lose a lot of money here. Okay, we're going to take Jan Blahovich at plus 170, under four and a half rounds for that fight. Then we talked about football, amazingly. We're going to take the Bucks minus two and a half against the Cowboys, the Packers minus one and a half against the Vikings, and the Baltimore Ravens minus four against the Jets. Then over at the NHL playoffs, we're going to be taking Jonathan Huberdeau at plus 1,500 and Sebastian Ajo at plus 2,000 to win the Conn Smythe. And a little sprinkle on Mike Babcock to be the next coach of the Islanders at plus 1,500. Oh, God. I can already, I just dread that already. Record check. Okay, on the last episode, episode 116, it was all about UFC 274. And guess what? We had a great time. Like I'm saying, I'm telling you, I'm just keep betting on the UFC and we're going to keep doing it because we keep winning. I'm so sorry if that doesn't interest you. Does winning money interest you? Can I interest you in winning some money? Good. No, no, sh- no, shut up. Shut up and sit down. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. We made four picks on the show, and we went three and one. I'm not, I'm not lying to you guys. It's going well. We had Oliver to win inside the decision at plus 110 and via submission at 140. That happened in round one. There wasn't a lot of drama to it. Well, okay, wait, no, I shouldn't say that. Chucky Olives, there is something amazing about him that it's just built into him defending the title that he will get knocked down at one point. He, I, <laughs> there's this thing going around on MMA Twitter, which is a very poisonous place, and I would avoid it at all possible, about is he better than Habib? Is the title run better for Habib than Habib, excuse me? And I think it's one of those <laughs> arguments to be made of saying, is it more entertaining? Yes. Is he almost even better for the UFC? Possibly. Because every fight that Oliveira is in, it's exciting. Gaethje gets to go out looking pretty good because he knocked him on flat on his ass, but then Oliveira gets down and he is so dangerous on the ground that he's waving at him like, come on, come on, come on. And Gaethje's like, no, 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 stand up. Didn't even matter because eventually Oliveira's striking has gotten so much better that he will put gloves on you, you know, stagger you a little bit and all of a sudden it's lights out. And that's exactly what we saw. He's just, he's just incredible right now and 
still, still, still doesn't get enough credit for what he does. So we're glad to be going 2-0 into that one. And we have Carlos Barza at plus 185 to win. Now, I'm not going to take any credit for this. This is one of the worst MMA fights I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't know what either of them are doing. Uh, <laughs> I, also, the corner going in for Rose Nomajunas, every time they got to the corner, and you're like, you're doing great, you're doing great, you're up in the cards. And, like, everybody knew that wasn't true. <laughs> like, I don't know what they were lying to her about. I, I, if we lost this one, if it went to Rose, whatever. But I don't think Carlos Esparza looked amazing in this fight. But we will say it went the way we thought it would. Rose's takedown defense is terrible. Esparza is a great wrestler. That's kind of how it happened. She controlled the fight that way. Esparza is now the, the, the champion of the world. So plus 185 is a great win, especially coming off the other headliner. The only other loss that we had was Chandler Ferguson going the distance at plus 150. Uh, yeah, what a loss. Uh, yeah, that, that, that Chandler kick was disgusting. So uh, yeah, glad to lose that one. Man, Michael Chandler, every time that I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. So he's got a great motor. And he strikes so well and so violently. He's kind of like Justin Gaethje, except he's an asshole. But I, I will say the promote the the little bit of mic work at the end, ooh, straight out of the WWE, and that's pretty good. Like you're gonna sell a lot of fights if you're that good, knocking somebody out, putting their jaw into another dimension, and then you know spitting on the mic for a while. That's actually pretty good. So good for him. We'll probably see him in the title fight soon. I can't, I can't believe it. We went three and one. That's three point four units. Let's go over to at losing money WIB. That's where our free daily picks on Twitter and Instagram where we went 11 and 8 this week, which is plus 2.1 units. That's pretty good. So follow us over there so you can lose money together every day. We make free daily picks every day over there. And so, wow, we're just making money there. We're making money on the podcast. I can't wait for the devastating loss that this episode will bring us. That being said, I can't wait to lose money on the UFC, the NHL, and yes, even the NFL somehow. Subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Baskin wherever you enjoy podcasts. And please give a subscribe and a like to at Losing Money WAB on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you decide to waste your time. We'll be back on Wednesday next week to lose money on the PGA Championship. Have fun losing money. We'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!